Hi there, loyal listeners. Brent here. Just a small little note. Um, we forgot to mention uh, friends of ours are having a party of sorts. The Elmvale Sci-Fi Fantasy Festival is going on, but it is going to be completely virtual this year, July 17th, 2021. But it still has everything that you want from, like, a convention. There will be a virtual Main Street, virtual vendor room, author readings, tons more, and it's all in the support of the Elmvale Food Bank. So if you've got a little bit of time, July 17th, 2021, you can go to scififestival.ca and, uh, you know, participate and have a little bit of fun. The great part is you can go costumed, and if you want to be really lazy, you can go in, like, your underwear. I wouldn't suggest turning on your camera, but you can do that. Now, on with the show. Set your phasers to sexy. Hello, listeners, to another episode of True North Nerds. This week, uh, we'll do the news, probably talk a little bit of Loki at some point, and uh, we all saw Black Widow. So this is the first MCU movie in uh, two years? Yes. A year, two years? Spider-Man. Yeah, and uh, it's the, it's also one of the rare occasions where we're not going to be that out of date when we <laughs> review something. But first, uh, we have Kevin. Hello. Who is sitting on his back deck. I am. And we have Jen. Hi. I'm who sitting is not sitting on her back deck. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Ryan. Hello. Who's sitting in his office or in your living room? Office. No, I use I use my mini my Mac Mini when I when we do this, so I'm in the uh, office. So Ryan, what's in yes. the news this week? Ah, uh, not a whole lot. Or I may have missed stuff. One or the other, but we'll find out. <laughs> uh we do have some sad news. Uh we have the passing of Richard Donner. Uh, he at the age of ninety one this past week, uh, as you know, we all know he was, you know, had a big, big influence on, <laughs> on all superhero movies, and the whole genre. So, twice, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I was just gonna add on to that. <laughs> it's like, hey, did you have details? No, no, <laughs> already going off the rails. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay. It's um, yeah, it's like he, he was a, at least for me, a major staple of my like childhood film department. Like, he's the guy who did Superman, yeah, which is still to this day one of the best superhero movies ever made. He's the guy who did Goonies. He did Lethal Weapon 1 and 2 and 3. I can't remember if he did the last one. 
but he also like I I didn't realize this. He directed like a lot of Twilight Zone as well, like the original Twilight Zone. Like he's the guy who directed the um, I think it's called Terror at Twenty Thousand Feet. The mm-hmm. the segment where it's there's something on the wing, but nobody can see it. But William Shatner. Oh, you said is that the original one with Shatner? Yeah, yes. it's the original one with Shatner. Like he worked in television, like in the early days, like for quite a while. And did a lot of Twilight Zone and like and TV westerns, which were the the staple of the time. But uh, yeah, and but would it we can't like he helped usher in two eras of the superhero movie in -hmm. some ways because he did Superman, but he and his wife uh, Lauren Schuler Donner produced the X Men films. Yep. Yeah. So so it's ninety one is a like that's a old age it, it, but at the same time it's kind of it, it's sad because he gave us a lot of good movies so like he also directed the omen it's, I, I was kind of surprised in some ways how many movies he hadn't like the, the amount of movies he had not directed but the 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 amount that he did like there's a lot of quality in there and he worked with and influenced a lot of the people that are now making the movies that influence us. Uh, both, I believe, um, oh my God, uh, Kevin Feige worked with him and his wife on projects yeah. coming up. Yeah, he, he was, was um, Jeff, J.J. Uh, Abrams, Johns. I believe, Jeff Johns, maybe not J.J., but Jeff Johns did. Mhm. Yeah. Um yeah, and just going through his IMDb IMDb page, like he's got starting with the look, his film career starts with The Omen, which is pretty like a pretty good swing of the bat right there. Then you go into Superman, um kind of Superman 2, there's a long story behind that. You have a little bit of a drop with the toy, which is a, a Richard uh Pryor movie, uh which would like this movie would never get made today. <laughs> that <laughs> was a weird a weird movie. Years. Yeah. Then you have Lady Hawk, which is I love Lady Hawk. It's one of those kind of underrated films. It's so good. Yeah. The, uh Lethal Weapon like the Lethal Weapon series, Scrooged, uh, Maverick, which I really enjoy. Like uh, he did a couple episodes of the Tales from the Crypt TV series. Uh, the you get some sort of misses. Uh, you, you get Assassins, which was all right. Uh, Conspiracy Theory, which I think is better than I thought it was at the time. And then you have Timeline and Sixteen Blocks, and Timeline's not particularly it's not a bad movie it's just kind of there and i would say the same about 16 blocks as well it's not a bad concept but not the there's nothing super special about it but uh you know oh and radio flyer i had no idea Mm. he directed radio flyer but i i i think that like you know he's the stuff that he got done with was really good. And like, I'm even looking at it. His producing credits aren't bad either. So yeah. So that a little bit of sad news, but uh, 91 isn't, 
isn't a horrible age to to go out. No, on, I don't no. Think. no, he lived a long life. Yeah, and like a long created a lot of stuff that's going to yeah. outlive like us. So, uh, next, Ryan. Uh, we got a first look at what Star Wars Visions is. Did you guys uh, check that video clip out? Yes, mm-hmm. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, so this like, is the project that's a uh, it could be a series of. I guess short films or like episodes made by different anime companies, right? Yeah, that's the yeah, idea. Yeah, it looks like. Um, yeah, it looks very interesting. It's yeah, a, it, a, go ahead, Jen. I was going to say, I, I love, I, we watched something a while ago. Like, I, I think it was I Heart Robots or something that was very similar. I love the idea of a whole bunch of short stories set in the Star Wars universe. Uh, that's going to it looks like it's going to span all sorts of different styles and genres and 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 ideas so you know i i really enjoy those the only thing that i find when i read or watch a short story or a short film like that is that i always want more it's like i want to go back to those characters or that world or that setting and and i want more um so for me it's it's tricky for me to just see a little snippet of something and not be like and and that's why I write fan fiction at times. <laughs> yeah, um, it looks cool. Um, it, I had completely forgotten about this, but it it reminds me of again uh, Lucasfilm sort of recycling ideas and previous projects. There was a Dark Horse comic under that name that was done by. Uh, artists at Lucasfilm, like Industrial Light and Magic, like, but they had done these comic short stories and none of the, like, it was said right off the bat that these weren't canon or, or anything like that. They were just, like, artistic expressions that go into the sort of Star Wars vibe, and that's basically what we're getting with this as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think it's gonna be cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, we got some Black Adam news. Uh, they're actually finished. They're going to be finished uh, filming it this week. Oh. Yeah, I guess uh, initial uh, production and everything on the, well, the filming-wise will be finished wrapping up this week. Uh, I'm sure there's all kinds of CGI that still needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, who knows? There'll be probably some, probably some pickups and all that. But, uh, no, I thought it, I found it... Uh, I thought it was uh, interesting when I heard that announcement because it almost seems like they just started not that long ago or that we were just hearing that they added this person and that person to the cast not that long ago. But mm. And apparently uh, Fierce Brosnan is quite excited to show off his super suit. <laughs> mm. well, I hope it's a cool-looking Dr. Fate because that's a cool mm-hmm. costume that we haven't seen on screen before so uh there was a an interesting video game announcement now this one's a bit of a it's a tease i guess it's i uh because the game's not coming out until 2023 but uh nacon i guess this was a nacon connect 2021 was the event and there was the announcement of robocop rogue city a first-person action-adventure game based on the 1987 RoboCop franchise. Oh, I'm in. 
Well, I figured you would be. That's why I put this in the news. I was like, this is very interesting. So it was a little tease. There's like a video. You pretty much like, you see RoboCop, and you see him do the whole thing. Like the, the, his leg open, he grabs his gun, and that's it, right? Like it's just a, you know, coming 2023. So whether this actually whether whether whatever that does come out in 2023, time will tell. But it's interesting that they've gone back to the 87 franchise and specifically said 87 franchise, not the reboot from a few years ago. Uh, Ooh, one of our favorite games to play, Apex Legends, was hacked last weekend. Mm. Yes. It was hacked by hackers who are frustrated with the hacking that happens in Titanfall. What? Yeah, Exactly. I'm mad so that hackers, my game that I like. Hackers that don't like hacking hacked the game. Yeah. That makes no sense. Yes. They hacked. Uh, Titanfall is, you know, that game now is probably what? Eight years old or more? Brent? Something yeah, like that. I want to say so. Um, so I was actually surprised to hear that the servers and stuff for that are still playing and running. Um, maybe it's even more for Titanfall 2 than it is the first one, but uh, I, it only said Titanfall in the articles I was reading, but uh, uh, they have a very dedicated fan base that still plays, and they're pissed off of people that are hacking in the game and cheating. Um, now, Respawn, who also is the same people behind Apex Legends, which is what gets more of their attention as I guess a creative wise right now, because they that's the one that's making money and it's newer and they're feeding into it. So that would be why these other people as a protest, or at least to try to get their attention to maybe do something about the cheating in Titanfall decided to hack apex. And I guess you can tell me for sure, Brent, cause I don't know if you saw this, you drew tried to play and, and ran into this. Yeah. Um, did it come up, pop up a screen that said like, kind of pretty much that there's a protest against it or something uh sort of there was a basically in the 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 game menu you know where it shows what type of game you're playing in and like trios and duos and stuff like that yep. so the main the main loading screen i mean yeah so in there there was a slide that said save titanfall and it had like a website address but if you clicked on it, nothing happened. Like, it didn't end up going anywhere. Now, that may also be very much by the time your brother and I tried to play, uh, EA's people were on it. So they may have disabled some of, the, some of the functionality of the hack, just not gotten rid of it by that point. But, yeah, yeah. We, we couldn't play that day at all. Uh, oh, so I think we covered this last week, that or last week, last episode, the announcement of the name of the next Transformers movie, Transformers Rise of the Beast. Yes. Well, what we didn't know then was they've already had, now they've come along and um, announced one of the voice cast that's being added to this. Um, one of the new characters that we'll have in this movie will be Optimus Primal. Uh, for those who don't know who that is, it's a Optimus Prime type character, you know. But he, instead of being a truck, he transforms into an ape or gorilla. I guess to be more present, you know, yeah. Uh, and he will be voiced this time by Ron Perlman. Actually, that's not a bad voice for that. No, 
He's uh, a good choice. He's got a good gorilla voice. (laughs) I don't mean that in an offensive way. (laughs) Dear Ron Perlman, you have a good gorilla voice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, no, I guess it it was a caveman. I'm like, he's played a gorilla before, but I guess not. I I was thinking of Quest for Fire, but he was a caveman in that. And he's played a Hellboy before, so... Yep, he doesn't twice. voice Grodd, does he, in any of the animated? That's an interesting question. He should. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. He's done so many voiceovers, though. Like this, this is a walk in a park for him in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. But uh, the. the uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, I wish IMDb would have like a thing for voiceover, like just separate, <laughs> separate tab. Mm. Yeah, because it's be- between video games and this. It would uh, uh, be helpful. Oh, um, he's actually played Optimus Primal before. Oh, he really? Is right. Really? Oh. In what? Uh, it says Transformers Power of the Primes. It was okay. a mini series. Huh. Uh, I don't know what this is. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. Oh, is that the is that that computer generated one that came out a few years ago that had uh oh, I wanna say um Shoot, uh, what's his name from Star Trek? Uh, uh, maybe. Will um, Wheaton? Will Wheaton played Perceptor, I think, in that series. Uh, I think you may be right. I don't know. I never I watched I know which it. one you're it was, talking about. Yeah. It was a Machinima original. Exclusive. Yeah, and didn't get a, a heck of a lot of traction behind it, unfortunately. No. But uh, yeah, well, that is an interesting choice, like a yep. like a good one too. And uh, I guess for whatever reason, uh, Hasbro and the film arm of it really want to bring back the Beast Wars characters. So, well, I think we, I feel like we're getting to that point where the people who's that was their first exposure to Transformers. Yeah, are getting to the right age of being the main, you know, that main twenty, that mid, you know, that twenty-year-old, you know, the twenty to thirty-year-olds, mm. or you know, that are spending money age group, and they're like, those are my transformers. Because um, there's so, a lot of buzz about bringing, um, about bringing Beast Wars and all that kind of stuff back into the Transformers, whether it be in comics. Or in yeah. in different cartoons and stuff and toys even lately. So, so to answer uh, Kevin's previous question, he has done multiple voices for the DCU animated ser- series. It mm-hmm. doesn't look like Grodd's any of them. He's done Clayface. He's been Orion. Uh, he was Slade in the original Teen Titans cartoon. Right. Well, but uh, and he's even done the voice of Batman in Justice League Heroes, the the video game. Apparently, okay. so he's done a lot of voices for them, but not Grodd. 
And in the Batman, he even played Killer Croc, Rumor, and Bane. He had multiple characters in that one. But, uh, yeah. Okay, next. Next. Uh, oh, we get the first uh, official trailer for Marvel's What If. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And a release date. That one's com- that will be starting August 11th. So that means we're going to go a whole month without new Marvel content. Whatever will we do? <laughs> Rewatch Loki. <laughs> See, I, I I really love the the what if concept, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's I don't know about the animation style, how crazy I am with about that, but I'm like I'm gonna overlook it because I really love the idea of the what if. Yeah, I've always yeah. enjoyed the what if comics. Yeah, there's always been some. There's been some good ones. There's been some hit, you know, some misses. Uh, but I like it when they take, you know, an event and do a, well, what if, and they spin it around and say, you know, what it, well, we have a whole alternate universe and new ca- character spun out of kind of, kind of a what if it was like, what if Gwen Stacy got bit by a spider instead of Peter Parker? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's um, the perfect example of the what if that ended up being a really good idea and just yeah. went, they went with it. Yeah, there's a. It's one of those things too that they can go for like decades doing this. Like, like, uh, well, it, the the comic book itself, there was two different iterations of it, and I think they both ran. Or at least the first one ran like a hundred issues. So it's, you know, you've got a, a bit of leeway, and from the looks of it, this animated series isn't really borrowing from the comic ideas that much. It's mostly a what-if MCU chapter, right? Like, it's taking... And that doesn't mean that they can't touch on different ideas next season to to go into, like, some of the comic storylines that we've gone with. And maybe, this is me spitballing here, this is a great way to reintroduce the audience to the Netflix Marvel characters. Hmm... Like you, you they can easily have those guys voice them and see uh, how things go, kind of thing. It's uh, I'm, I'm I looking think, forward to it. Much like Jen, I'm not so. I, I think I need to see like a full episode in that animated style, but like right now, it's I'm not crazy for it. But I think I'm most looking forward to the uh, what if um, T'Challa was the one who got taken by the the Guardians of the Galaxy. What are they? The Reavers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love. I as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Ooh, that that's a really interesting what if." I like yeah, what it's if. really inspired. I'm looking forward to what if Peggy Carter got the super soldier serum. I think that'll mm-hmm. be fun. Because it looks like she gets an Iron Man as well. Like it, I'm not sure if it's Steve in the suit or if it's Howard Stark in the suit. I mm-hmm. think it's I think it's Steve. Because he's supposed, to, I I kind of got the feel from the press releases that like he's supposed to end up being kind of her sidekick, like her Bucky, yeah, sort of, but not the same thing. I'm interesting to uh, interested to see how they get to the Marvel zombies. Yeah, oh, yeah in that's the comics, too, it's it? a little weird. Yeah. It's weird in the comics, and it's like a comic story, but to see, like, because there's never been anything establishing zombies at all in the MCU, so like, just to be like, 
what if there was a zombie the MCU was zombies or is it something different? But how would they get there? It'd be interesting to see. Mm. Yeah. Loki has introduced the fact that uh, vampires exist in the MCU, though. Yep. Yes. <laughs> you got any uh, more uh, news there, Ryan? Uh, yep. We also, um, for those of you who have who have watched it, I don't know if that's just me or what, but uh, uh, we got a trailer and an official release date for season two of The Witcher. Hmm. Uh, that will be coming to through season one. Mm. Yeah, but a lot of people did like it. Yeah. Uh, so season two will be coming to us December seventeenth, just in time for a snowy weekend binge. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I've got for news, kids. You got anything else, Kevin? Uh, a little bit. Um, Star Trek: The Motion Picture is being remastered and re-released later this summer. As lo- as well as Star Trek Four. Uh, Star Trek Four is getting a theatrical release again this summer. So uh, Four is is for the uh, the one with the whales. The whales. The whales. Okay, that one I, I'm down for that. I, I I'd like to see that on the big screen. Yes. Uh, so that is uh, that's happening. Uh, the other for people who play. Uh, uh, collectible card games. There's a new Magic the Gathering set that's coming out this week, and it's the first ever official crossover between Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons. The well, set is the first Adventures official crossover in, in Magic because they Magic. have yeah because there the was a Mag- there was a Magic the Magic book for in D&D. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So I thought uh, that was kind of cool. That, uh, yeah. So. I found out more about that due to a friend of the show, Jim Zub was posting it and about it because apparently there are chase cards in the set, I guess mm-hmm. that art is based off of classic D and D modules. Okay. Yeah. Hey, because... Lands or, and, uh, uh, tomb of horrors, that kind of thing. Castle yeah. Cause that his thing was, he hasn't bought like uh like magic cards since like the the third series of expansions or something mm-hmm. and he's like oh i can't buy uh shit <laughs> cuz i guess like some of these because jim's also written the D comic in like okay. specifically forgotten realms and like there's a couple of cards in it that are characters he's worked on cool yeah, so he's like, damn it, I might have to buy these. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think it's cool. I like the fact that they're they're spreading the D and D wings out a little bit more into other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. As someone who only dabbles in both games, uh, I think it'll be fun. Hmm. Yeah, uh, part of I've got a, a deck of magic cards that a friend built me like over a decade ago now. Well, even uh-huh. longer than that. And part of me wants to kind of get back into it, but the other part of me is like, I spend a lot of money on other things. I don't need this <laughs> thing too. Oh, tell me about it. No more expensive hobbies. <laughs> but, tell me about it. Yeah. Alrighty. Um. So we all caught Loki, right? Loki, I'm up to date with. 
Uh, everybody's still enjoying it. I thought the the latest episode was really good. Yeah, I think I think the last two have have really hit home really well. Um, the reveal of the multiple Lokis was was very well done. And Richard E. Grant as comic book Loki. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. I uh, I've been a fan of his for a while. But as of late, it really looks like he is like because he's a very good actor. Like he's an incredible actor. But in like the last like couple of years, it really looks like he takes roles based on like this looks like fun. Like mm-hmm. that's that's why he was in Star Wars. Like the mm-hmm. last one, it wasn't a big part, but he's like, "Fuck, I get to be in Star Wars." Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of actors get to that level or age where they're just like you know what i'm i'm in it for the fun now i've made money i'm good i'm set you know now i just want to do some fun stuff yeah i aspire to that level of in in a career (laughs) (laughs) where i could be like you know what i don't have to work but it's fun so i'll do it yeah (laughs) yeah these episodes were just filled with easter eggs too for uh in the background to find like all kinds of little candy you see yeah. the Thanos copter? There's yes. The, there's the Thanos copter. There's a giant uh, yellow jacket head in one of the scenes. So apparently yellow jacket learned how to grow in some alternate universe. There's uh, there's a couple of um, uh, like the cells from the uh, uh, shield hover carrier. That Loki's mm-hmm. locked into in the first Avengers movie. You okay. can see those every once in a while littering the landscape. Uh, apparently there's a helicarrier crashed in the, in the background, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's a um, Thor frog. Yes. yes. I still haven't seen I have to rewatch that episode so I can see Thor frog. I missed I Thor caught, frog. I caught him the first time. And uh, <laughs> speaking of Thor frog, I just learned today that... Um, the sounds that Thor Frog makes are very faint, but they were recorded by Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I didn't hear him say anything or, or make any sounds, but that's awesome. Apparently, the jar is labeled with the, I think, with the issue number that uh, Throg appears in. Because uh-huh. there's like a piece of scotch tape on the jar or something. Exactly. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, I. Uh, I don't know how it's going to end, which is great. Like, I, I don't know where this is going other than um, I am assuming we get the Wizard of Oz moment where we find out who the head of the timekeepers really is. But who that person is, I'm, I'm like, I've got like a million and one guesses. Yeah. I, I like that. I think we've kind of had that for. Loki and for WandaVision where we didn't know where it was going and it was, you know, very interesting that way. I think we didn't get it quite as much in in, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think Mm. people were able to guess that ending a lot easier. Um, But I really do like that we have a little bit of a surprise. I mean, I couldn't guess any of the endings for anything because I try not to. I don't want to think about it. I just like to be entertained. (laughs) I have a guess for who the big bad is in the castle behind everything. Uh, would you like me to share my guess? Yeah, go ahead. Go for I'm it. curious. I think it's Loki. I've actually kind of been wondering Probably. the same thing. Another Loki? 
this is a show all about Loki. Um, they, you know, if you look at what they've done in the last two series, there's always been hints, you know, for comic book nerds that it could be some major character. It's Mephisto. It's Kang. They're not going to introduce Kang in the last episode of Loki. So I think it is another Loki. That's my I guess. I mean, it makes sense that it's another Loki. Yeah. Then do you, do uh, you have an idea about how it would end then if if Loki and Sylvie are facing another Loki who's already taken over the TVA? Uh, well, is Loki, like, there is already talk of a season two of, for Loki, right? Like, Loki is not one of the ones where they said it's a one and done. So it could set up another season of the show. Yeah. Hmm. I I would I am would be very surprised that if they put Sylvie on the shelf. Uh, that's a character I think that has a lot of legs for them. I really I think like so too. I really like her. I um, I really like the actress. I like the character. I like how much both she and uh, our Loki. I'm going to call him for clarity. Um, how much they've evolved throughout the whole show. I think it's, yeah. and I mean, it hasn't been a long show, and we didn't even get Sylvie until what the second episode or third episode, right? So I just like how much character growth they were able to do in a relatively short time, and still make it feel genuine and authentic, and not rushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's part of me says Kang or a version of Kang, but the other part of me it also agrees with with Kevin that they wouldn't waste his introduction on the last episode of Loki unless there's more plans for him to pop up in things quicker than Ant-Man. Yeah. Cause that, that's the problem is like to introduce him now and not have him appear again and, or mentioned or anything until Ant-Man that's uh, that's a good chunk of time. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> But in some ways, I could I could see a mortis, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like start laying the groundwork for multiple gangs. It doesn't make any sense to me though to introduce a new big bad character at this point. Yeah, and l- unless there's definitely a season two on the way that they haven't announced yet. Yeah. Like, in theory, when's next Ant-Man coming out? It's not next year, right? No, it's a while yet. Yeah, so, like, in theory, if they introduced him at the end of this episode as the big bad for the next season, that works if if they're planning on the next season for next year. Mm -hmm. I I tend to think... I think you might be right that it's another Loki, because... Like, you know, it's the... It's sort of cliche in some ways, but... Who would Loki hate more than himself? Exactly. So maybe it's an evil Thor. Uh, that that thought just came to my mind too. See that, would, and if it would be even better if it was played by Chris Helmsworth. <laughs> the only other one that, uh, like, out of characters that I've seen introduced, is a different version of Mobius as well. Yeah, I was actually th- thinking that too. It'd be funny. Or it could be Ravana. She could be behind the whole thing, too. Mm. We've got, yeah. like, it seems like it's like, a, I'm curious how they wrap it up. 
Like, it seems like there's a lot of sort of things to wrap up in one episode. But if you're right and they're they're thinking of doing another season, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I hope they're doing it. But I'm looking forward to finding out. Yep. Yes. (laughs) Which brings us to the main event and still Marvel related. Black Widow, which is available on Disney Plus for a premium price. You have to pay extra for it. Or if you live in the United States, you can go to the theaters. If you live in Ontario, it is available at the drive-in, as Kevin uh, I went yesterday. to the drive-in last night. And it was exciting to be out of my house. So um, let's start with uh, let's start with Jen. What did you think of Black Widow, Jen? I I really liked it. Um, I admit that going into like when Black Widow was first announced as a movie, I wasn't quite as enthusiastic about it. Um, but I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. I I liked that it was a lot of action, but also a lot of humor. Um, I really think that. Uh, What's her name? Ileana, the the blonde widow. Elena. Elena. Uh, she she was amazing, and um, the Red Guardian was he was great too. Those those two just stole the show. Um, but it was enough to keep me like entertained. It was a good length. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I loved how it kind of tied everything together too. Like. Uh, I was joking with Brent at the end of it that this movie is actually the origin story of Black Widow's vest. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I like how they didn't make it like at the end of it, you don't you weren't sitting there going, wait a minute. This happened in this movie, so now this part doesn't make sense in the Avengers or in Endgame or in whatever. Um, and I really think that it makes uh Black Widow's sacrifice more powerful uh, mm. than it was just in the movie. And I kind of wish that this movie had come out before what was that Infinity War Endgame? Endgame, right? Infinity War. Infinity War? It's been a long time. Well, Infinity War was, <laughs> was the, the first, first one, then Endgame. Yeah, then Endgame. So I kind of wish that it had come out before that. Just, But I mean, it's it's good to have it after, too. So I really recommend it. I kind of want to go to the drive-in and see it again in the big screen. Um, I would love to have gone and seen it in theaters in the big screen, but uh, there's still time for that, I suppose. Movie theaters can open on Friday. Yeah. So, well, I don't know if I'm comfortable going. That's that's different. <laughs> but yeah, I recommend it. I think that everybody should should go see it. All right, Kevin. I uh, I really enjoyed Black Widow. Um, of all of the, like, if I was going to compare it stylistically and tone-wise to any other Marvel film, it would probably be Winter Soldier. Uh, it's got that sort of dark espionage um, uh, feel to it. But it also, uh, coolly, has um, this weird family drama aspect to it as well, uh, which is which is crazy and fun. Um, so, uh, I thought the performances were great. Uh, I really, I love that even though like it, this is a black widow movie and Scarlett Johansson should be the feature character, but she, she didn't hog the spotlight, right? Yeah. She, um, 
because part of the mission of this film was also to set up Yelena as the next Black Widow. So, um, so that's that that was whole part of the whole process of this film was was to was to get that done, and I think they accomplished that quite admirably. They uh, they they really did a nice job uh, setting up the future of the Black Widows and uh, and paying homage to what a great character Scarlett Johansson has been as uh, Natasha in the past as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ryan, what did you think? Uh, no, well, like everybody else, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, there were parts of it I would really have, would have liked to have seen on the big screen. Uh, you know, all the big set, big action set pieces, the, the, you know, the final fight, the battle at the end when they're falling through all that debris, uh, the escape from the prison. Mm-hmm. Would yeah. we see Red Guardian being Red Guardian, like being a super soldier for the first time, really throwing his weight around? I was like, oh, okay, this is really cool. Like, he's, like, you know, you hear he's a super soldier, but you don't really see him do super soldier stuff. Mm-hmm. Until well, he does a few things when they're doing their first escape from America, but um, like when he's escaping in the prison and like throwing bodies around and like jumping and leaping from like one level to another, and it's like okay, well, that, yeah, he's a super he's a super soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole story, like, the way it started, I was not expecting that at all. Uh, with the, uh, the 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 two young girls and the family of them being a sleeper cell in the states, and uh, and then you know stealing stuff from a lab and escaping with it, uh, totally caught me off guard. I did not expect that to be how this movie started. It was almost like an episode of The Americans. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I thought that was good. The, like you said, the family dynamic. Uh, the new characters were all fine. Uh, was surprised to find out uh, task, Taskmaster was a woman. That, that was, was a nice twist. I forgot about tax, Taskmaster. I didn't even mention her. She she was great. Like she was a good villain. Uh, I know. I hear there's a bit of a backlash online. I don't know if it's a a gender backlash or just how the character was used and portrayed because it's not really. Similar to the comic book version. Yeah, it's not the classic tax Taskmaster. Yeah, no. You know, Taskmaster wasn't a mind controlled soldier, right? So yeah, but there's I, no reason why it can't turn into more of that classic version, just with a woman in the role now. Well, exactly. Yes. Now that she, yeah, she's but now that she's been released from the mind control. Yeah. And yeah, I like think. Teaming up I, with like a, a bunch of already trained assassins, right? Like thirty of them. Yeah. I did like how they could sort of download um, fighting styles into her head. Basically, mm. was what they were doing. I thought that was a nice twist on Taskmaster. Yeah, I, I love the design that they did for it. Like it, it's it it honors the comic book version of it. What gives it kind of like an update and something that fits in with the MCU on a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think it maybe moving forward, it would be interesting to see if uh, the the all those stories that Red Guardian keeps talking about how he 
fought Captain America back in like eighty four, if mm. that's explored at all. Because now mm. we now that we have heard and learned, you know, well that there were, I mean, the U.S. did do some other experiments on on for super soldiers, right? So, so did they have another secret Captain America? And he maybe his his story of fighting Captain America isn't made up. Good yeah, question. It's, it's an interesting thing to kind of think about. The or oh, here you go. Here's a here's a twist rate for the TVA. Um, well, we do know that Steve went back and had a life with Peggy. Did he run yeah. into? Did he run into him in the eighties? You know, did he attack something somewhere, and he just had to defend himself and fight back? Yeah. Um. So, like to that point, something that I didn't realize. I watched. Uh, I believe it's Screen Crush. I watched their like Easter eggs and things you may have missed video. Okay. And one of the things they pointed out is um, Black Widow uh, murdering this daughter, or at least in her head, murdering her of the uh, of the the Russian bad guy was actually mentioned in the first Avengers. Loki mm. brings it up as part of red and the red in her ledger. Name checks that like the or I can't remember what his name is i'm blanking here but name checks the daughter like and it was i'm sure at the time it was just a semi throwaway line to make it sound a little bit more interesting but i find it really cool that they somebody picked up on it and threw it in there as the, as the plot point well uh, yeah made you know made sure that that, that didn't get missed yeah that's, yeah i also like that we went to budapest and learned some more about what happened yeah, and that was back from you know, another thing that was referenced in Avengers, mm-hmm. and then which is, see- what kind of what kind of gun makes what kind of bullet makes those holes? And she's saying, "Oh, arrows." <laughs> I, we I still haven't seen the ahead. actual mission yet, though. No, no. but we heard you know parts of it. I don't think we ever need to see the mission, but now we know that you know they. Dropped a build. Well, I guess it was part of that building. Right? They dropped that building. She said. Then they had to fight with the well, escape the national guard. They hid in that overhead thing in the subway for three days. You're playing tic tac toe. Yeah. 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 Well, the uh, whole mission was uh, for Black Widow to prove that she could de- defect to Shield. So right. Um, on a whole, I was I was kind of surprised at the sheer amount of action there is in this movie. I don't know what I was expecting. Like, I I think one of the interesting things about this is kind of maybe the gap sort of tempered my expectations for this film because we we've had such a period between Marvel films and especially like the the last Marvel film was uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, correct? Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. last MCU proper film is Endgame. So, yeah. you know, like, it, it, I don't know how I would think about this movie if it had come out when it was supposed to, but I think maybe the time has given it a little bit more. And I, I really like what they did. There's, like, great character beats, but there's, like, a crap ton of action. Like, she gets a, a scene where... 
at the end of the movie where she fights like 30 people by herself. People that she's not trying to kill because she doesn't want to hurt them because they're all brainwashed. And I I think the casting of this movie was really well done. Um, I I hope that David Harbour gets a little bit more use out of being Red Guardian. Like, I, I think he was very, very good in this role. And I would love to see more of him pop up. Like, even if you just get him to voice him in, like, what ifs or something. I I, I kind of like that. And how uh, Yelena in this movie. Uh, I can't wait to see her with other care interacting with other characters we already know. Yeah. Like it's, I think she put in a fantastic performance and for this character. And I'm, I'm looking forward to all the possible interactions we'll see down the line. You know, like, like, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like they left it open at the end for, um, even like they could have a widow's, uh, TV show if they wanted to with red guardian, uh, and, uh, Melina tracking down all of those widows that are still mm. active and introducing Ursa Major. Yeah. And Dark Star. Wouldn't surprise me. They they got a toy like the the current Marvel Legends if you can find this wave in stores right now which is well whatever. But it is those Russian characters, like a good chunk of them. You get Dark Star, the the build a figures Ursa Major, you know, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that we see versions of those characters show up in something later on. But, like, uh, I want to see Yelena and Spider-Man. <laughs> I want to see how that conversation Aww. goes. <laughs> Where well, it seems... about, like being in high school um, and trying to be a superhero. And she mentions, like, blowing a guy's head off from, like, 50, <laughs> like, 500 feet or something. <laughs> It seems pretty obvious to me that we might get Yelena and John Walker together in whatever yeah. comes next. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the next time we'll see her will be in the Hawkeye series. Yeah. Yeah. But do we see John Walker at the same time? Don't I, I would say no. I think that's throwing too much at it at once. I would agree with that. But Hawkeye comes out this year. Yes. Uh, and we don't know that that actress has been cast in that show, do we? No idea. It but, hasn't been mentioned. I mean, but they might like, have been keeping it a secret. Yeah. Because uh, it kind of spoils the ending of the movie. Marvel can occasionally pull that shit off. Yeah. They're, they're very good with throwing out the obvious at, at us and stuff that we know. Like, and doing it at key points. Like, this, this is part of the the Marvel Disney magic of this stuff that it's kind of misdirection sometimes in like, they'll throw the obvious stuff at you. So you don't notice the smaller things right. kind of sneaking through the cracks. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if she makes an appearance in Hawkeye, but at the same time you're, we haven't heard anything about it. So uh, we shall see. I, I don't know where else you would bring it up though. Like, cause it's very Hawkeye specific. It's not the Avengers. It's him. Right. Yeah. 
No, because I, I can totally see that being at least one whole episode mm. is her showing up and trying to, you know, possibly take him out. Not under, not, not, you know, starts off with her attacking him and then eventually him getting her to finally sit down and listen to what really happened. Yeah. And if it is sticking with the uh, Hawkeye comic book, there was the Russian mafia in that book. Yeah. The tracksuit <laughs> mafia. <laughs> Right. I need and, to reread that. <laughs> yes, you do. It's hilarious. It's been a uh, while. It's the other question fantastic. I have there. So, um, Madam Hydra, whatever her name is, how does she know what happened to blame Hawkeye on Widow's disappearance, on her sacrifice or her death to say that he's the responsible one? Like, uh, Brent, you and I met, had this little chat. I think this morning was like, did they write a? Like, did somebody write a book and said, oh, well, this person did this and this person did this, and we went back yeah. in time and they went to this planet and well, we had to sacrifice somebody, so we would have sacrificed yourself so we could get the mind, the the the, the mind stone or the soul stone and or the red stone or whatever have, it was. Doesn't and, she have access to um, government records? But how would the government know what happened on a planet on the other side of the universe? Yeah. I don't somebody know. Maybe had somebody to did a report. <laughs> it, it makes for an interesting story point. Whether they follow up on it, who knows, right? But she has on a whole, her ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, unless she's just picking a target to be like, oh, yeah, it, it was his fault. They were supposed to be close, but, well, he survived and he's here. She didn't make it past the Thanos, so it's got to be his fault. The thing is, is that she she doesn't necessarily need to know the whole story. All she needs to know is that Hawkeye and Widow went on a mission together and only Hawkeye came back. And from that, she can create the story. Yeah. Mm. Now, the other thing is... um, Are we getting Thunderbolts? Do you, or Dark Avengers out of this? Do you think that's where we're really starting to line up these pieces? It and, seems to be. We're getting something like that, yeah. To me, are they going to start throwing some villains into it? Because I don't see, like, John Walker and Yelena, I don't see them willingly being bad guys at this point. Like, I can mm-hmm. see them being tricked into it or just sort of, they feel that they're doing the right thing essentially um Mm -hmm. but i kind of feel to sort of add to that that they gotta throw some actual bad guys into that mix we've got abomination coming up in not one but two projects right okay good point um who else have we got yeah well we've got a slew of possible spider villains yeah, uh, true. Well, yeah, but I don't see the uh, because of the contract stuff. I don't know if we see Spider-Man villains in that team. You know what I mean? They might be like they might be avoiding it just in case. Because if I how long does the current Spider-Man deal go for? Oh, who knows? You hear different stories. Yeah, I don't. I like it. It, it would not surprise me if they if they have. I could see Spider-Man being involved in whatever they've got coming, but I don't kind of see them throwing a Spider-Man villain in it because that's two things 
that if things go shitty, they they have to cut out of their future plans, right? Cutting out one, you can, as much as I don't want to say it this way, you can replace Spider-Man, but replacing Spider-Man and one of Spider-Man's villains starts to get a little bit stickier. Mm. You can't replace Spider-Man. Oh, the other character we have that could go on a Dark Avengers team is we have a Vision. We have a Vision, yeah. And that would that would fall into the probably feels he's doing the right thing. Mm. And, uh, well, we could put Baron Morgo in there. He's still around and kicking. Oh, he, yeah. he, he only kind of became a bad guy at the end of Doctor Strange, right? Like, he he wasn't a villain per se up until he took that guy's magic and left him paralyzed on the floor of a shop. Yep. Forgot about him. I think in some ways Marvel might have forgotten about him a little bit. I don't think Marvel has. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they have a big board with everything connected by yarn and strings. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so overall, uh, we all really enjoyed it. I guess I would guess that's pretty safe to say at this point. Oh yes, mm-hmm. yes, another hit for Marvel. <laughs> big freaking surprise there. It's it's weird. I don't want to root against it because I love the fact that I can go to these movies and enjoy them. Like there, there hasn't been one that I've hated yet, but I'm also like morbidly curious to see what happens when they like strike out. What what goes into that strikeout? Like how bad does it gotta be? Yeah, I I don't I'm not looking forward to that day. No, not I am and I'm not. Just more from like just kind of like an observer perspective because they they can do no wrong and the problem is is when something feels they can do no wrong, that's when wrong starts to happen. I don't know, they've been so careful. And hopefully like they've, they stay they've learned that way. they've learned from the mistakes of previous um superhero movies and they've been kind of taking their time and really stretching it out and I feel like they've been very careful so I don't know hopefully it lasts for a lot longer yeah. enough to get a squirrel girl movie <laughs> <laughs> so on that sort of tack though coming in the future did you read the article that said that their marvel is no longer signing actors to long-term like nine picture deals every every film will be just on a on a case-by-case basis well that yeah but that means i read that as not necessarily signing actors to long-term deals there will be a few oh case by case there They'll hook in the linchpins, but as we've seen with Terrence Howard, supporting characters can be replaced. Yeah, but there's not going to be any more, you know, signing uh, signing Robert Downey Jr. to nine movies, right? Yeah, that they may also be leer- like from just from their point of view might be the same as what I was saying. They know eventually they're going to run aground. They just don't know when. And a lot of those, like, I don't know exactly the structure of Robert Downey Jr.'s deal, for instance. But a lot of times deals like that come with pay or play, like pay or pay, play cut, 
clauses in them, right? Right. So say he would sign for five Iron Man movies, like specifically five Iron Man movies, and they only made the three, he might have gotten at least like scale for one and two or half of his contract or something like that. And they might just be worried that like they'll sign these all these actors at and now the other thing is is these actors and agents know that marvel means money so Mm -hmm. there's probably a chunk of them asking for more than they would have like 10 years ago and you sign okay we want this actor we want him for five movies he but if everything fucks up we're still paying for three out of the five yeah, maybe we should just sign them for three. Yeah, maybe like, there's uh, it's them being careful again, so they're just yeah. you know they, they're probably expecting they're probably expecting the bubble to pop soon too, eventually. So they're just you know being careful. That's what I would guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it's a delicate machine. Like l- let's make no mistake here; these movies do make the company money. But it's everything around these movies that makes Disney money. It's the true. The, it's the stuff for the theme parks. It's the, the merchandise. merchandise. Merchandising. Merchandising. Black Widow, the flamethrower. <laughs> and and that and that's the thing, right? They don't. This is a particularly good golden goose. They don't want to kill it yet. And if that right. means maybe pulling back here and there. And and also, like, Disney took, like, you know, people got paid and everything, but Disney took a very big financial hit this year and last year with the with COVID shutting down their parks for as long as they did. Mm-hmm. And, they, and that might be part of it, is that this might be the way to kind of appease investors a little bit. But And maybe there's, maybe the plans are smaller. Like, even, I think Kevin Feige even said that the, the, the overarching plans are smaller than what they were. Like well, we, when they we don't have an Avengers movie anywhere yet. Yeah. So, yeah, there's the no five-year plan or anything like that. Like you know, building <laughs> ten movies, ten plus movies or anything like that to build to another Thanos yet. So, mm. Guess my one disappointment. Everything shakes out. Yes, yeah, really, pretty much. I have one disappointment with this whole release, though. Still no Spider-Man trailer. Mm. Yeah, didn't even think of it. You're right. I'm kind of surprised. I, I'm curious. What's the next big Sony movie that they can attach it to? Well, Venom's coming out sometime. But I don't think that's until the fall. And we need to have a trailer before that. I don't know. Uh, the there were there were trailers before the movie um, uh, yesterday. Uh, the only one I can remember offhand is um, Kingsman, the Kingsman prequel. Okay, yep, that yep, it's still coming. Uh, but uh, movies are being made, so that's all I can tell you. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, this is no good. I've tried to find a schedule, but it's got showing stuff like Bloodshot. <laughs> Jumanji, the next level. So, yeah, no, that's old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, here we go. So, that's the uh, Peter Rabbit 2 comes mm-hmm. out June 11th. Fatherhood comes out the 18th. Escape Room. And Hotel Transylvania is in October. So that they don't really have, it doesn't show much here for Sony movies. So it doesn't even have Venom. So I don't even know when Venom is released. I do not know. It's supposed to come out before Spider Man, isn't it? Isn't it this yes. summer? Uh, so is it this summer or this, this fall? Uh, September 17th. There, I found it. Technically, still summer. <laughs> <laughs> Just barely. Well, that brings us towards the end of another episode of True North Nerds. But as always, we have geek picks to take us out. Mm -hmm. Who goes first? Kevin. Kevin goes first. All right. Kevin (laughs) was uh, scrolling around through his various streaming services the other day and stumbled upon a program which had been promoted on Disney Plus, but not it's not one of their big name releases like uh, like your Mandalorians or your Lokis or your Falcons and Winter Snowmen. Uh, <laughs> I watched the first episode. Three have been released so far, maybe four, and I need to go and watch them because I really enjoyed the first episode of the mysterious the mysterious Benedict Society. Have okay, you seen I saw that, that one pop up? Yeah. So the premise of the mysterious Benedict Society is that. Um, they're, they just call it the emergency. And the whole world is sort of in this crazy depression funk. And uh, the uh, there's this crazy genius who has figured out that the only way to stop this from continuing to get the world sort of back is to create a team of super genius kids. And uh, the first episode is all about the testing process to uh, choose the to to choose the team. And I won't say more than that because I don't want to spoil it. But it does star Tony Hale, who you would know as Buster from Arrested Development. He was also on Veep, and um, Kristen Shaw, who Yay. was the voice of Mabel on uh, Gravity Falls. I love Kristen. Yeah. Shaw. And she's on Bob's Burgers too. Uh, she plays yep. his assistant. Uh, and uh, I, it's very stylish. It's based on a series of uh, YA novels, and uh, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, the other new show that came to Disney Plus this week, they dropped the first two episodes uh, last week, actually, and the third one came out this week, was Monsters at Work, the, the television series based on Monsters Incorporated. Um, it looks like the movie. It, it, it's got the same feel. The title sequences are in that crazy animation style that they use for the title sequences of the film uh yes john goodman and billy crystal are on the show they're not the lead characters but mike and sully do have a presence on the show and basically it picks up where the first movie left off all of a sudden monsters incorporated is in the business of getting laughs instead of scares and the main character is a fresh face monsters university graduate who got his acceptance letter to be a to be a scarer at monsters mm. inc and he gets there 
and there's no longer a job for him. So it's a very gen uh, millennial type uh, situation. Mm-hmm. You know, you train your whole life for a job that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it's quite fun, and uh, it's got that Pixar magic for in a TV series. So I do recommend both the Mysterious Benedict Society and Monsters at Work, both on Disney Plus. Cool. Next. I'll go. Um, I'm reading a book while well, listening to a book. Uh, I haven't finished it yet. It's called The 10,000 Doors of January. Um, and because I, for some reason, am terrible at describing what books are about, I found the uh, synopsis on Goodreads. So it's by Alex E. Harrow. Uh And the description says, in a sprawling mansion filled with peculiar treasures, January Scholar is a curiosity herself. As the ward of the wealthy Mr. Locke, she feels little different from the artifacts that decorate the halls, carefully maintained, largely ignored, and utterly out of place. Then she finds a strange book, a book that carries the scent of other worlds and tells a tale of secret doors of love, adventure, and danger. Each page turn reveals impossible truths about the world, and January discovers a story increasingly entwined with her own. Um, So I believe this book was published in 2019. Uh, And uh, I'm really enjoying the audio version, um, but I imagine that reading it would be just as good if you have it, if you prefer the paper copy. Uh, And it's, it's intriguing. Like, I'm looking forward to listening to it more. And, you know, it's that part where, you know, you pull into the driveway after you finish driving home and you just sit there because you got to finish the chapter. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So I really recommend the 10,000 doors of January. Very cool. Oh, yes, I'll go next. Uh, so this morning I watched uh, the Netflix exclusive Fear Street, Part 1, 1994. Ooh. Fear Street like the books? Fear Street like the books by R.L. Stein. I remember those books. So there's, I guess there's three movies. Uh, part 1, 1994. Uh, part 2 is, I think, 70, some, 78. I don't know what Part 3 is, but each one is coming out uh I think once a week over the next couple of weeks to Netflix. And uh, it's pretty fun. It was, uh, you know, a scary movie. It's, you know, it's very 90s. Uh, it'll be interesting if, Brent, if you watch it to tell me uh, how many of the songs were out of place. <laughs> uh, because I believe there's a quite a few of them. Because I, I felt myself that I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I wasn't listening to that when I was 14. That was more maybe when I was 16. So I would probably more, you know, but uh, it's uh, very interesting. They're fighting. Uh, so there's these two, I guess, they live in a small town that has been dubbed like America's murder capital because people continue to go, you know, continuously going crazy and killing each other or doing something and then there's like a city right next door which is called like Sunnyvale and it's like been crime free for like forever and everybody's happy and that's where like the rich people live and now, but uh, there's like a, a curse from a witch 
and this whole backstory that seems like so the events in the first in this first movie that takes place in ninety four have been influenced by events that took place in seventy eight, which we'll see in the second movie, which takes is a killing at uh, at a camp on lake. So it's they're, they're pulling from various you know horror story you know, tropes. This one was a, had a lot of uh, like scream styled fear stuff going like there was a guy uh in a black cloak uh, instead of a uh, the screaming face he was um a, had a skull mask on and he was running around chasing them but there's also a guy with an axe and there's a girl who killed all of her friends and there's a what was the fourth one? Oh, i can't remember him now oh well but yes it's uh it looks it, it you know the first movie is fun it's not uh, super scary. There's a little bit of gore. You know, someone might have their head go through a, a bread slicer in a bakery, Ugh. which I have a hard time believing because I don't think those blades are that strong. <laughs> <laughs> I've used those bread slicers before, and uh, I see it having a hard... Bread? <laughs> well, no, it cut the bread, but it also squished the bread. So I have seen having a hard time good cutting into the bone of the skull like for the amount of head that's that's pushes through um, before it finally stops. I have a hard time believing it uh, cut that much skull. But uh, yeah, no, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed the first one. I'm gonna. I may even go and watch the second one uh, this evening. I don't know. I haven't decided yes. yet. So are that's my the pick. plots for? Are the plots for the movies based on the books? Couldn't tell you. Never read them. Oh, okay. Because I read a lot of them when I was a kid or a teenager, I suppose. Um, and I'm like, I wonder if I watched the, sh- the movies, if I would recognize the plots or remember the plots. I mean, that was quite some time ago. <laughs> yeah, don't know. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Well, here's like the little synopsis from Wikipedia, right? Like, uh, uh, the film follows a group of teenagers in sh- in Shadyside, Ohio, who are terrorized by an ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued the town for centuries. There you go. <laughs> Shadyside. Because they're shady. How come it's always an ancient evil and not a new evil? Even for once... time to marinate. I guess. Like, it wasn't evil right that when it started, but then later <laughs> on it, like, became more evil and more evil and more evil. Well, it does. Well, it was you evil when it started. It was like, you know, it was a woman that was a witch that got hung that started the curse and stuff. So that kind of wasn't evil from the beginning. Yeah, you kind of need to to let evil simmer for a couple of centuries and then it yeah. gets mm. really good. Well, especially so, <laughs> it's sorry, like here, so, chili if chili was evil. <laughs> Yeah, and some barbecue sometimes. You know, barbecue is sometimes better the next day. It's like evil chili. <laughs> uh, so part two is called Set 1978. Part three is 1666. Mm. That would be that the one we first meet the witch. Sure. Yep. I was just thinking if you knew what chili does to my bowels, you would call it evil. Well, yeah. As we're saying, the, the, the longer chili's around, the more evil it becomes. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is truth, my friend. And tasty. <laughs> it's so good, but so bad. The way we end <laughs> things around here. Oh, Brent hasn't done his yet. Yep. No. 
Not yet. Um, I'm going to throw this All of my farts, Brent. <laughs> I'm going classier than you. Um, I picked up... Uh, it, it's a little older, so it might be harder to get right now. Um, Big B kindly managed to get a copy for me. Uh, DC Pride. So uh, DC Comics put out an issue of... Uh, like It's an anthology one-shot. Of stories featuring uh, gay, lesbian, trans characters, and uh, as well the the creators and writers that also fall into those uh, areas. I guess I, I'm trying to be. I, I don't know all the terminology, so I'm trying not to offend people. Um, but there, like any anthology, some of the stories are hit, some are miss. But there is a Rene Montoya. As the question uh, story in it, and it is great. Um, some of the other stories in it are pretty good. We see like um, there's a team up between uh, Constantine and Mi- the Midnighter from the Authority. It's okay. yeah, the, the, it's it's interesting, and it's nice to see that the like DC, you know, acknowledging the fact that not all of their characters are straight white guys and. It'd be nicer if some of these characters got big, full mainstream books with pushes behind them. But it, it, I think it's a sign that things are changing for the better in some ways in the comics world. And, and hopefully. So uh, I recommend picking it up. If for nothing else, the, the question story in it's great. I, I love her name Montoya as the question. It's a shame that that's still not a thing. But... Um, it's good that the character's still out there. She appeared; in, she's appearing in Batman regularly. So, and that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, everybody want to start plugging their stuff? We'll start with Kevin. So, a couple of other podcasts. We're recording a new Stage Whispers this weekend. That will be out next week, where we talk about local theater. And surprise, surprise, there's a lot going on, including a play that I am in that we're rehearsing right now, but I'll tell you all about it when we get closer to that date. Uh, Galaxy Class is still coming out every week as well. I'm not on this week's episode coming up, but uh, if you want to hear me talk about two incredibly mediocre episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation, listen to our last episode where it was a bat-left battle, where we put the episode's booby trap against the vengeance factor Neither of them came out very well, but one had to win. And, uh, yeah, you can follow me on the TikToks. I'm at KevinGS71 on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebooks as well. So, yep, there I am. I'm everywhere. Jen. Uh, So we are still uh, getting through Sailor Moon Crystal Season 1 on uh, Sailor Snacking, the podcast where we watch apparently different versions of Sailor Moon. <laughs> Originally, it was just going to be classic, but we've moved on to Crystal, and then we're going to go back to classic. Uh, and we have a yummy snack every time. So uh, let's see. The next release date should be, if my math is correct, which it isn't always, uh, we should be uh, coming out on July the 19th, and that would be um, episodes 9 and 10 of Sailor Moon Crystal Season 1. And uh, we are currently working on We're going back when we finish season one. We're going to go back to Sailor Moon Classic and start with Sailor Moon R and the horrible, horrible Alan and Anne episodes, which we are going to just binge watch to get through them because you don't need to listen to 13 episodes. We are doing you a favor. We're Mm -hmm. skipping Alan and Lan as much as possible and condensing it into two episodes to get to the goodness that is Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask's daughter from the future. (laughs) (laughs) So listen to Sailor Snacking.
can find us on Instagram at Sailor Snacking. Ryan? Uh, this weekend, uh, Ed and I will be sitting down to record our next episode of Tales from the Collectorverse, which will be released the same week as this episode, funny enough. So after you're done listening to this, you can look forward to hearing from us uh, on Thursday. So, um, yeah, so you can find, you know, find us there. Find us on the Instagrams at Tales from Collectorverse, uh, where we do some unboxings. So we show off our pictures of our new stuff. Uh, we have some fun. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Look for us there. Please give us some feedback if you're watching the show. Uh, watching the show. If you're watching us on Instagram, uh, let us know. If you're listening to the show, let us know. Tell us about your collections. Share your photos with us. Uh, feedback, please give it here too. Brent. Yeah. Yep. We we would kindly love to uh, hear feedback from our listeners. As we know there's a bunch of you out there. And we haven't heard from any of you, except for Rex, Rex, who we've uh, become friends with. (laughs) Other than we hear from Rex, we hear from Calvin, we hear from Drew. And that's about it. The rest of you guys are slacking. We need to hear from you, too. And don't worry, (laughs) if you don't want to be our friends, we don't have to. We just want to hear back from you. (laughs) No, I want to be friends with them. (laughs) You guys made it sound like if you respond, you must be our friends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um as for as for me you can find me on uh, mixcloud every thursday night it is the dark side hosted by black donnelly radio um i seem to be doing okay doing it so i'm going to continue doing it and of course here and i'm going to be making uh guest appearances on geek cards patreon over the next little while as well oh Um, wait before you sign off can i do one quick plug for somebody Yes. Uh, so a former co-worker of mine uh, and friend, uh, Andrea, uh, her and her friend have started a little podcast called uh, Just Cannot, as in uh, I Just Cannot, whatever. And it's called, so it's I Just Cannot Podcast is how you'll find it. Uh, <laughs> so most of the show is the two of them talking, you know, just two friends hanging out, talking about life. and But at least once in an episode, they, they find something from that week that they just can't handle. Like... Uh, they have a discussion about people that don't use that uh, don't use signal lights, or um, <laughs> my fr- uh, Andrea saw a woman, a grown woman with pigtails off of both sides of her head, and it's just like no, no, why? You're you're too old for that. Uh, so it's, it was one of those just like the rest. Listening to old people complain about things, but I wouldn't call them <laughs> old because I would never say that. Uh, they've got you two episodes did. out. Nope, can't prove it. Uh, I listened to both of them the other day, and it was it's it pretty fun. They're about forty five, half hour, forty five minutes uh, long uh, conversations, and uh, they're they're pretty they're pretty funny. So if you're looking for something else out there, uh, it's it's very different than what we do here, but maybe that's what you're looking for. Uh, go give them a, a listen, give them a like, a subscribe, tell them I sent you. I'm trying to get a guest spot on their show. and with that we come to the end of this episode Uh, join us again in two weeks for a regular episode Uh, next week will be Sailor Snacking and there will be a Tales from the Collectiverse in there somewhere because I lost track of what week it is Uh, (laughs) (laughs) goodbye everybody stay healthy and stay safe see ya Bye. bye
Set your phasers to sexy. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. Yeah.